I was playing outside. I, I still remember uh, as the day of yesterday. Mm -hmm. And there was uh, an, uh, an older man uh, uh, was approaching me really aggressively. Like, ah, so you're one of them. This is a podcast called Walk, Talk, Listen. An attempt to connect people and make this world a bit better by sharing opinions and experiences based on the belief that everyone's perspective is true, albeit partial. My name is Maurice Blom, and I would like to welcome you to yet another episode of Walk, Talk, Listen. Good day, everybody. This is another episode of the podcast Walk, Talk, Listen. And as always, I'm delighted with today's guest, uh, who will introduce himself. Maurice, please go ahead. Good morning. I'm Maurice Rugebrecht. I'm a guitarist and a tutor. I also teach children and adults uh, guitar and ukulele. And lately, I'm working with uh, a cello player. Uh, her name is Checo Donker Duivis, and she is actually a young talent. She plays cello and she sings Brazilian music, so it's really nice uh, to work with her. And uh, I did two concerts at the Grachten Festival in Amsterdam uh, this last week. So uh, yeah, that's uh, recently what I did. Yeah. And and so so that is a, it means that you're able to perform again. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Okay. I'm really happy about that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well, different settings actually. But I have to admit, I'm also a guitarist uh, in, diff in in small settings. So that's actually my uh, my favorite setting uh, to uh, to to uh, to perform. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so not large bands. So uh, actually, yeah. yeah. So then, then it's probably easier to go back to performing again because of, yeah. you know, I, I think for a while now in the Netherlands, at least smaller settings were uh, yeah. allowed to uh, to happen, to take place, right? Yeah, 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 you're yeah. right. And also I did, a, uh, during the lockdown, I did a video series mm -hmm. uh, on uh, Facebook. It's called uh, The Art of Comping. So, oh. uh, yeah, so I invited uh, different singers and uh, pop, jazz, or uh, Brazilian uh, to work with me. And then I just recorded uh, our videos in my living room. So it's mm -hmm. really like a, a cozy environment. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, that I'm still busy, you know, uh, also during lockdown. So uh, it was really nice to do it. Mm, great. So, yeah, we will make sure that, you know, your social media links will be shared in the notes of the podcast. So those previous performances can still be found on your on your Facebook page, I yes. assume. Or okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. You you were alluding to you know Brazilian music, um, mm -hmm. but you are not from Brazil. I mean, your back. Yeah, maybe you can tell a little bit about your background. Yes. Uh, for our uh, listeners, well, and then the second part of that question is, how did you then got involved in Brazilian music and not yeah. 
maybe in you know Kronchong, which is a <laughs> you know Indonesian yeah. modern Indonesian. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, uh, I'm a third generation uh, Moluccan. That means that my two grandfathers were fighting uh, for the Dutch army in Indonesia. And uh, well, at that time it was still uh, Netherlands. It's called Netherlands India. Uh, used to be a Dutch colony. And uh, well, actually, I'm born in Delft, but uh, actually, my family came to the Netherlands in 1951. Yeah. Yeah. T- tell us, how then did you get into Brazilian music? Uh, well, actually, uh, when I was studying at the conservatory in Rotterdam, uh, in the course of my study, uh, the Latin department uh, was starting. And then uh, they asked uh, guitar players also to join their ensembles. And uh, that's how I become uh, interested in Brazilian music. So uh, actually, uh, all of a sudden, I became a specialist. And uh, yeah, uh, vocalists who did their end exam uh, at the conservatory, they asked me to play uh, Brazilian music with them. Mm. So that's how it went. And can you explain to us why you are at attracted, you know, why you feel passionate about uh, Brazilian uh, music? Well, uh, because of the uh, complex harmonies, but the mm-hmm. rich harmonies as well, and uh, the melodies, uh, I think it goes further than, uh, than jazz songs. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think uh, the, the combination of uh, melody and harmony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And have you been in Brazil? Uh, yourself? Uh, yeah, I've been once in uh, in Brazil in 2003. Mm. We went there with uh, 15 students and four teachers. And uh, we uh, the first week we uh, went to Rio mm-hmm. and the second week we went to uh, Salvador. So actually uh, the, the city, the, the biggest city of uh, Bahia, northeastern uh, part of Brazil. And and that particular visit, uh, did that, you know, did that um, make you play Brazilian music differently because of that experience? Yeah. And the reason I'm asking is I've heard reggae bands from the Netherlands, for example, mm-hmm. um, hear that, you know, after they went to Jamaica, they realized they should play, you know, reggae slower than they did before, <laughs> you know, yeah. just as, uh, as an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so did you experience something similar, you know, uh, yeah, while visiting to, Brazil? It's funny you ask, because uh, I play a certain song, like a bossa nova from uh, Tom Jobim, eh? Antonio mm-hmm. Carlos Jobim. I, I played it for years already, like uh, a Corcovado. It's about mm-hmm. the stature uh, yeah. uh, of uh, Jesus Christ in the, uh, the, the present of Portugal to Brazil. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was there, and and... and I, I realized, ah, that's that's where the song is really about. So uh, when I came back, I was really uh, more conscious about the song. And uh, I actually, yeah, I, I cannot explain because Brazilian music, it's not only the music, but it's, it's the whole culture mm. you have to, uh, yeah, uh, absorb. And uh, that's actually what I experienced there, like also the food and the, the temperature, everything, you know. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's 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 broader. Yeah. It's broader. So that's why I uh, 
and I also was teaching uh, at the conservatory uh, Brazilian music, and I played a, a record of Georges Berto, and and then I realized when I was listening, ah, that's why uh, I understand the song more. I cannot explain. It's really mm -hmm. like more uh, an abstract feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have another question and in terms of um, because I, I heard you say that you are a teacher as well and you teach guitar as well as ukulele, right? Mm -hmm. Can you explain to us what is the difference between the guitar and ukulele? Except for, you know, I, I get the four, six strings, the thing, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah. more in terms of, you know, the, maybe the messages that you, when you try to convey or are able to convey or, or is there not a difference between those? Uh, for me personally, yeah. uh, well, I'm a, I'm a guitarist actually. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, I started playing guitar uh, at the age of twelve, so mm -hmm. I've been playing guitar very long. Like uh, now I'm fifty-two, so uh, still young. <laughs> but um, yeah, ukulele. Actually, I started playing uh, five years ago. Okay, Maybe. also recently, yeah. Yeah, recently, because of my youngest daughter, uh, she started playing ukulele, and I heard her practicing in her own room and singing along, and then mm -hmm. I was thinking, wow, that's also nice mm. to, to, uh, to play that as well. So I uh, started playing ukulele as well. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's, it has a... It's really a charming instrument, I think, ukulele. And uh, but if I play like a, for a long period ukulele, then I started, then I start missing the guitar. So mm. for me, it's uh, I think my first love is guitar. <laughs> okay. Okay. Great. You know that that I started this podcast uh, as a spin-off of my hundred mile walk. So last year I was not able to. Uh, well, I walk a hundred mile to raise awareness about hunger and poverty and injustice. Um, that means I in a week I walk fifteen mile, fifteen to twenty miles a day, um, and I'm very often accompanied by someone. And that was not possible last year when I walked. So I then I thought, oh, you know. What can I do instead? Because it's really nice, even if they join me for a mile out of the 15 to 20, we talk about life, you know, purpose. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I thought, okay, you know, maybe I can create this podcast where, where I say, okay, virtually we will walk for, a, for an hour, right? Yeah. Um, so my question to, to you is, is um, if you would be asked to walk 100 miles in a week, uh, for which cause, for what reason would you walk uh, 100 it's, miles in a week? It's funny that you mentioned because I started walking as well uh, because I needed a hobby uh, besides music. Because mu music could be so intense that I had to uh, take distance from that once in a while. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually after my divorce in 2018, I uh actually i started walking and i did uh walk 
for several uh, purposes, also for my own health, of course, but uh, also to get in touch with other Moluccan people who had the same passion to walk. And, uh, and um, actually in September, I will walk also for the, the refugee, the night of the refugee. Okay. It's uh, the 11th of uh, September. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did it actually uh, two times before from mm -hmm. Nijmegen to Arnhem. 40 uh, kilometers uh, in the night mm -hmm. and then you will yeah you will uh, get closer to how how it feels uh, to walk in the night eh? to, mm -hmm. uh, so so yeah for me uh, <clears throat> that's also uh, what I'm going to do uh, in September so, so why uh, why would you walk for refugees what what uh, why why would would you do that why are you doing that uh, because yeah, it's 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 very yeah. Uh, I'm 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 aware of that. Uh, I have a home, you know. Like uh, mm -hmm. I don't have to spend my time on the streets, so it's really a privilege. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's why I don't know. Uh, it, it, if if a refugee uh, has to leave uh, his or her house uh, all of a sudden in the night. With the kids, with the, I don't know, uh, you cannot bring uh, everything, so it's 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 really uh, devastating. I don't know if you're aware, but my organization also does a lot of tries to do a lot of work for refugees, asylum seeker, immigrants. Um, yeah. In the U.S., we are one of the nine agencies that helps to resettle uh, mm -hmm. refugees and then you know overseas in countries like um, you know Central America and uh, Africa we yeah try to to uh, assist internally displaced or or other people that are on them who are on the move so uh, yeah mm -hmm. no th thanks for doing that hey um, yeah. when when your alarm clock goes off in the morning or maybe you wake up by yourself uh, without the yeah. alarm clock. Uh, <laughs> why, why, why do you decide to wake up? You know what drives you in life? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Um, to feel useful in life, to care about other people. Uh, I'm always uh, someone who who loves to be around people and to help people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that's, uh, and to love my family, to love my daughters. Mm -hmm. I think that's uh, a good aim to wake up every morning again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you think you're successful within that? Yeah, sometimes it's hard because mm -hmm. uh, uh, <laughs> Each day has only uh, 24 hours, so mm -hmm. <laughs> sometimes it's difficult to to give attention to everybody. But uh, and don't forget myself uh, either. So it's also important. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, well, every day you have your you have the chance. So also to stay health healthy, it's also important every day. And uh, yeah, to take care of yourself. Be aware of it. Yeah.
so when I walk with with others, uh, we often talk about okay, what's the purpose? You know, what do you think the purpose in life is? And uh, then quickly uh, conversations start about religion and spirituality mm-hmm. um, as well. And then one topic that I'm interested in is uh, the conversation around the younger generation and religion and spirituality, mm-hmm. uh, because some folks say you know they are different than than the older generation, the way they perceive it, the way they look at it, the way they talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on the younger generation? And of course, it's very difficult to generalize because you know mm-hmm. younger people in the Netherlands might be different than in the US or in Indonesia. But still, I'm, I'm going to ask you the question anyway. What are your observations around younger uh, generation and religion and spirituality? What do you see happening? Uh, like in general, or uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Mean, ooh, yeah, that's a good. Or in one. you know, in your environment with with, uh, with yeah, the young people that you interact with, uh, yeah. that you see. I mean, you're a teacher as well, you know. Mm-hmm. So so uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's a good question because. Uh, if I uh, see my daughters, uh, well, actually, I'm I'm raised actually uh, in my environment uh, in the Moluccan Church, mm-hmm. and uh, I have to admit, uh, when I was studying at the conservatory in Rotterdam, then it started to conflict a little bit because, yeah, the religious uh, like uh, community of the Moluccan Church is very small and. It has its rules, and uh, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. It it wasn't uh, combining. Uh, was difficult to combine with uh, what I did actually. Uh, uh, yeah, I started to to see it broader. You know, that's why I uh, I decided to uh, yeah to take distance from that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I don't know. So uh, if I if I see my daughters. Uh, they're more busy with like world world things, mm-hmm. not. Uh, but they, yeah. On the other hand, the because yeah, I raised them also, so it's also a matter of uh, how do you call it? Uh, being a good person and uh, being social, being helpful, being lovable. So I think uh, for me that's an important thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, so. Yeah, you don't need really, uh, in my opinion, a religion to be a good person. Mm. Yeah, and are you, because I know a little bit about the background of, of uh, you know, the Moluccan uh, community within the Netherlands, so I, I think the church was very important, especially for your generation and your parents' generation, right? Yeah, Going to true. church, so mm-hmm. more institutionalized religion and yeah. spirituality. And do I hear you correctly when you say okay myself actually as well as my children mm-hmm. uh, they they might still be spiritual um, but you know the institutionalized part of it is less mm-hmm. of importance or has no importance while maybe mm-hmm. taking care of uh, doing good for the world is yeah. definitely very important mm-hmm. um, is that what you are yeah. trying to, to say is that a good summary yeah. okay yeah. great yeah um you know, a lot is going on in the world at the moment, mm-hmm. you know, from earthquakes yes. to floods in, you know, in the southern parts of the Netherlands, in Germany recently. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, we talked about refugees as well. Um, what is what do you worry most about at the moment? Uh, what I worry about the most is like the development of uh, how it goes uh, with the discussion uh, about not vaccinating, uh, vaccinating. So there is this, uh, there, there, <coughs> yeah, like uh, there's a polarization going on. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really worried about that. And also about uh, the, the cultural, uh, uh, like, the, the, like the music, the, the dance and everything, uh, if it's still, if we still can exist, eh? uh, like uh, musicians, uh, if they can do what, what they're good at, and uh yeah sometimes i'm worried so that that's basically mm -hmm. it i think yeah okay and, and where do you still see hope uh sometimes uh yeah <laughs> it's uh it's difficult to to have hope every day is uh, is the new day again sometimes i have more hope than other days but uh I don't know. I get a lot of positivity out of music. If I compose uh, a new song again, and then uh, I'm really like, okay, there must be hope because I just create something again, you mm -hmm. know. So and, and it makes me happy, and I can I can show it to other people and uh, record it, and uh, yeah, that's how I survive actually. Did you make a new song recently? Well, oh, I composed a lot actually. Mm. So I, I, I think I have to record a new album. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, okay. because uh, after my divorce in uh, 2018, I, I, I composed a lot because mm. yeah, you have to go to a, di a certain phase yeah. uh, to to realize okay uh, uh, how it went wrong and uh, yeah how how can I. Uh, make it better again and uh, so yeah it, it's always good to to have a, like a certain go to a certain phase and then mm -hmm. uh, yeah you have a lot of uh, inspiration to, to write songs about that actually and and so the new album is that a very blues album in terms of you know pain heartache <laughs> yeah the <laughs> It's a, it's a logical uh, thing that you <laughs> think mm. about that. But uh, I have to admit, yeah, I'm not a, really a blues player. Uh, I can play bluesy, but it's, mm -hmm. it's always from a, a certain jazz yeah. uh, uh, background. Mm -hmm. So like playing bluesy in, in, in a jazzy way. You know, when, when people will be listening uh, to your album, will they be sad then after? <laughs> After listening, no, to because it, there is always hope. There's always hope. Okay. That's why. Also, about that's that's what I like about Brazilian people and Brazilian music. Yeah. If you hear that that music, it's all, it's always sounds happy samba, mm -hmm. you know. But there's a like a dark uh, thing uh, like it. in it. Yeah. yeah. But they still have hope, so that's why it it sounds okay. Let's go for it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I like that uh, the, the both things in Brazilian mm -hmm. music. Yeah. Okay. Let, let us continue to talk about music a bit. I, I ask all my uh, guests um, mm -hmm. to mention to me 
um, you know, a song or a piece of music that embodies uh, you, I guess, for the big part, what you are about. And and so, what song or piece of music would that be? Ah, okay. Like, uh, you mean a specific song? Yeah. Okay. Well, recently, if you listen I... to that song, then that's for a big part what Maurice Ruggebrecht ah, okay. is about. Actually, uh, I was listening recently to Bonnie Ray, the singer, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't make you feel, love me. Uh, yeah, that that particular song was really. Uh, it's always uh, like it, it 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 touches me so much. It's because I I actually started to make a Spotify a playlist. So I asked yeah. this question to all my guests. So if you go to Spotify. And you search for hashtag walk talk listen you will find all the songs that have been chosen by my mm. guest and it's interesting from my perspective because it's classical music it's heavy metal it's jazz <laughs> it's brazilian so uh, there's a lot of different songs and i actually often listen to it because you know the, these conversations with a wide range of people from around the world that's very inspiring to me so listening to that music reminds me again of those conversations so uh yeah, I, I would, you know, if you have time or, or any of the listeners, I would ask them to check out um, yeah. that particular playlist. I have to admit, I also uh, listen a lot lately to Moonchild, you know, that mm-hmm. uh, specific group. Uh, I think they're coming from Los Angeles and they did also the, the series uh, on uh, YouTube uh, yeah. from Tiny Desk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now I know what that concert that you that you're alluding to. So is there any specific song from from, um, Moonchild? Uh, You're cheating a little bit, but I can add two songs for you. (laughs) The list. I like the list as well. The list. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's in general. Their their music, uh, you hear, they have a certain jazz background. And I Mm -hmm. like that because if there's jazz harmonies, then then I'm I'm already sold. You know, like, Mm -hmm. ah, I like that. (laughs) <laughs> like a rich harmony and uh, mm-hmm. yeah okay. also yeah that's it um maurice um you know racial justice uh, is something that that uh, you know is very important close to to my heart you know what's happening and and that had a yeah a lot in i i as you know i live in the states so you know black lives matter for the last couple of years um yeah. got a lot of attention uh, i don't know all everything that's happening in the netherlands anymore because i i don't live in the netherlands anymore but i also saw that um yeah that that uh created you know kind of a new wave as well in terms of attention to racial justice issues, racial matters. Mm-hmm. Um, my organization uh, celebrates the 75th anniversary this year. And we use this time also to kind of look back on how we did. And, and of course, also, you know, what should we do better? And mm-hmm. one of the topics that's important is racial justice. So how did we do? And and um, my question to you is, is a, a little bit more general one. And that is, if you look at uh, what I call the NGO sector, so um, organizations that are trying to do to help um, p- 
people around the world uh, to improve the situation. Um, yeah. You know, what do you think, how do you think they have done in terms of trying to, yeah, improve uh, racial justice activities or, um, you know, should they have done better? And if so, how, um, yeah, what, what, if you reflect back, what's your opinion around that? Yeah, well, actually, um, uh, because I, ha I have also uh, one aunt living in uh, New York City, mm -hmm. so she lives there already from 73, and uh, we're, if I'm there with her, we're always talking about that, also about the, uh, like the black community in, in the States, mm -hmm. and, uh, and she always says, well, uh yeah we we can they don't uh they have to move on they have to yeah, like uh not, you can look back but not too much so uh make the best out of it and uh i think we've we improved a lot eh, since the 60s eh, you know uh, with the uh in comparison with the times with uh, malcolm x and uh, and uh yeah so but uh, yeah, I think there is a lot of work to do still, because uh, racism is, is you, you cannot uh, make it disappear. It, it still is, it exists. It's so difficult to to uh, to let it vanish because you cannot. It's it's difficult. So there's still a lot of work to do mm -hmm. about that. And and. How has that been for yourself? You know, you you grew up. Uh, yeah, in for the me it was mainly right. Yeah, um, and uh, well, in, and especially in the seventies, it was mm -hmm. it was a, a hard time because of the also the uh, yeah the, the actions of the the second generation uh, Moluccans mm -hmm. uh, because they saw the first generation suffer. You know, because of the uh, yeah, we wouldn't go back to to uh, the Moluccas, eh? uh, our uh, our country, because uh, yeah, it was not possible anymore, and uh, so they were kind of yeah very disappointed in life, and uh, and that's why the second generation stood up stood up mm -hmm. for them, and uh, yeah, because they Just saw the listeners who sorry, uh, Maurice, yeah, who who don't know is is mm -hmm. that um, you know Indonesia as a whole was a a colony of the of the Netherlands, and when they became independent, one part of the discussion or part of the promise, at least according to the Moluccan community, right, or yeah, part yeah, of the yeah. Moluccan community, that um, you know the Moluccans would be given to the Moluccan community as as um, you know as, as as a country, and that promise the Netherlands never kept, was not able no. to keep. No. Um, you know, it's a, it's a complex story, but. That led mm -hmm. to a lot of frustration and pain in the in Moluccan community, especially in the yeah. Moluccan community in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they hijacked uh, uh, two times uh, a train, mm -hmm. so in, in 75 and 77. Uh, because of that, uh, yeah, I was eight years old when mm -hmm. the second uh, hijack was uh, took place. And then um, I was playing outside. I, I still remember uh, as the day of yesterday. And there was uh, uh, an older man uh, uh, was approaching me really aggressively. 
like, ah, so you're one of them, like that. So I was really scared. And uh, I was just playing outside. So I, uh, yeah, I ran away and, uh, but it was really like, uh, I felt, I felt it really, uh, yeah, I was really scared about that. So I never forget that, yeah, that particular uh, thing. How is that going now? We are living in 2021. Yeah. Well, actually, um, you mean uh, in terms of uh, if I... Yeah, the way you experience these experience. Type of things and, and um, yeah, what do you see in the Netherlands around um, racism? Yeah, well, I, I still have some... Uh, I still hear something, uh, yeah, like experiences of other, uh, uh, yeah, like colored musicians. Mm-hmm. That they, uh, especially also, uh, yeah, in, in certain parts of the Netherlands, uh, if they uh, teach there, and then uh, sometimes, I don't know, it's still, uh, it's still going on, the racism mm-hmm. thing, yeah, because I know a Suriname guy, uh, a fantastic uh, saxophone player, and he was teaching uh, in the southern part at the school, and uh, they were making like eight noises, you know, when he entered the room for the first time. And then it was like, oh man, it's still going on. It's still, it, it, it's still happening. And, uh, but yeah, for him, it was difficult. Uh, and he, he, he tried to ignore it, but uh, all of a sudden he, uh, he, he quit actually that job. Mm. So it's, yeah, I don't know. It's still, uh, it still exists. Yeah. What is the message you're trying to give to your uh, daughters around this? Uh, well, they're actually really uh, aware of uh, of uh, this this kind of uh, practices. So uh, actually, when it was there was also a demonstration in the Hofford Park here in Nijmegen uh, about that, like Black Lives Matter, they also joined. Actually, okay. uh, yeah, both. Both are really aware of uh, of uh, this injustice, so they really uh, stand for it. Mm. Both, okay. yeah. I'm really proud of my daughters. Yeah, mm. about that. And, and <laughs> I, I don't think we talked about their age ages, right? How uh, old they're are they? Twenty and uh, eighteen. Okay, great. So, and are, uh, are they both into music as well? Uh, especially the youngest. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well, actually, before lockdown, I was playing a lot with her, mm. like duo, uh, duo gigs. Yeah. Uh, she sings a lot of uh, neo soul R and B, so like uh, uh, songs from uh, Jordan Rakey, Tom Misch, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Leon Bridges, so yeah. that kind of stuff. And uh, I really like uh, to play that music as well with mm. her. <laughs> Does she yeah, play ukulele or she plays the guitar or? No, she she sings. Oh, she sings. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the oldest, uh, she is dancing a lot. Mm. Yeah, but she's also video editor at uh, Vice, like uh, okay. in Amsterdam. So great. yeah, they're uh, both creative, very mm-hmm. creative. Yeah. yeah, great. And and um, so they they uh, you know through them you you keep abreast of everything that's happening around you know new type of music. Mm-hmm. Or you do you have your own searches going on? How does that no no, uh, yeah. especially through the through them, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's uh, 
the advantage of having uh, <laughs> kids. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but also uh, through the the, the, the students. Eh? Mm -hmm. Also, uh, because I also teach at the Conservatory uh, of Amsterdam, okay. and then uh, one day a week. Yeah. And then uh, sometimes I hear also, uh, yeah, check it out that particular name, and then. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's always good to be around young people. It keeps Thanks. me young. <laughs> yeah. Wow, okay, that's, 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 uh, that's great to hear. Hey, um, yeah, time goes, goes fast. Um, mm -hmm. We are at, at, at my last question, and that is, uh, actually any message or invitation or question that you might have for our listeners? Mm, well, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know, uh, try to keep positive in these difficult times. And uh, yeah, don't forget that we are all together in, in, in this uh, difficult thing going on do we still have hope yes there is hope so try to try to cling on that okay, okay. On, on on that note i would like to to thank you so much for your willingness yeah. to talk with me today You're um, welcome. yeah yeah i will make sure that that uh, we will mention uh you know all your social media or websites links that you would like to share with our audience in the podcast notes mm -hmm. looking forward to the new album yeah, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, thank you so much and, and uh, all the best. Yeah, thank you for the invitation. Okay, see you. Great, bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to Walk Talk. Listen, please check us out on 100mile.org or follow us on Facebook or Instagram.